0: Hi, I'm Ina Garten, the Barefoot Contessa. Welcome to the audio podcast of my show, Be My Guest. I've invited some really interesting people to visit me. Some are old friends and some are new friends. We'll share stories that will hopefully amuse and inspire you and you're invited too. How fun is that? I love to invite interesting people to my house for good food, great conversation, and lots of fun. Erin French is an amazing cook, owner of the fabled Lost Kitchen restaurant in Freedom, Maine, and someone I've been dying to meet. So it's going to be wonderful to have her at the barn.
1: Ina asked me over, and I'm having a binge-me moment because she's my idol, and I just, I can't believe I'm going to with house.
0: We're talking about her totally inspiring life. And it was this dream come true. It was like a total Field of Dreams moment. I'm baking my banana crunch muffins to welcome her.
1: I'm eating muffins with Aina. I'm going to cry. In
0: return, she's sharing the secrets to her dad's meatloaf, her ultimate comfort food. Clean up <laughs> your station. Jeez. <laughs> and I'm giving her a tour of East Hampton. And that's the building my store used to be in. Right here? And that, yeah. That's it? it? That, that's it. Oh, my gosh. I love that that's building. where it all started. How fabulous is that? Erin, can I be your sous chef? You're hired. <laughs> easiest job I ever got. Erin French from The Lost Kitchen in Freedom, Maine is coming today. She's so inspiring to me. I love her cookbooks. I love her show. We've met on Zoom, but we've never actually been in the same place. I haven't met her in person. And I'm so excited to see her. I thought I'd make her banana crunch muffins so she'll have something warm and comforting when she arrives. So while I scoop the batter, let me tell you how I made it. First, I sifted together all-purpose flour, granulated sugar, baking powder, baking soda, and kosher salt. Then added it to the mixer, along with half a pound of unsalted butter that I melted and cooled. And just mixed everything together. Then I mixed together eggs, milk, vanilla extract, mashed ripe bananas, and blended them in. Finally, for real flavor and texture, I added medium diced ripe bananas, small diced walnuts, granola, sweetened shredded coconut, and folded them in, and that's all there was to it. Okay, that's the batter scoop. Next I'm gonna put a banana chip in each muffin. That way everybody will know that it's bananas. And while I do that, let me tell you about my fabulous guest. Erin French's life has been an amazing roller coaster ride. As a child in Maine, she helped out in her dad's diner. After opening and then losing her first restaurant, She cooked dinners out of an Airstream trailer and then opened the Lost Kitchen in her hometown of Freedom, Maine, population 719. In order to get a reservation, you need to send a postcard and they're chosen by lottery. Her cookbook is one of my all-time favorites and I love the documentary series about the Lost Kitchen on Magnolia Network. It's about running her restaurant with a team of amazing women and her mom is the sommelier.
1: This is to all of you and the way you felt in freedom tonight. Cheers!
0: Erin's best-selling memoir, Finding Freedom, which came out in 2021, is one of the most dramatic stories of disaster and recovery I've ever read. I can't wait to cook with her and find out how she turned her life around and made all of her dreams come true. I just can't wait for her to get here. Okay, into the oven, 350 degrees for 25 minutes, and they'll be nice and hot out of the oven when Erin gets here.
1: I'm on my way to Ina's. We're going to be cooking together in her barn. I'm gonna be making my dad's meatloaf for her, which is a very special recipe that I can't wait to share with her. I hope she loves it, and I am looking so forward to this day
0: together. Okay. I'm just gonna let them cool a little bit, put them on a tray, and they're gonna be all ready when Erin gets here. Oh, it smells so good.
1: Oh, I just can't believe I'm here. This is absolutely
0: incredible. Erin! Oh my God! Ina. I've waited for this moment. I'm I'm having it pinch me. (laughs) Wow. How fabulous! I'm so <laughs> happy you're here. Thank you for having me. My gosh! I, I made coffee and muffins oh, for us. How's that? Is that amazing. good? Amazing! <laughs> my
1: gosh, Ina, isn't this great? For the love of Barnes! Oh my gosh, this is just putting my little mill to shame. <laughs> no, I don't think wow. so. I'm a little emotional. Then, <laughs> oh. oh my gosh, the smell of the muffins and the space. This the is two just, of us are gonna be watching can come true. Oh. <laughs> for me too. So. Oh, do you uh, want some coffee? Yes, please. I oh, got
0: coffee. I can't wait to talk to you about everything. There's so much to talk about. So excited. And those muffins smell amazing. They're banana crunch muffins. Mm. Will you have one? Yes, please. Can I hand you one? Please, please, <laughs> please, please, please. We just dig right in. Mike. They're still warm. They're still warm. Of course, they're still warm. I always eat the top. Oh, my that's my <laughs> favorite part. We, that's yeah. your favorite part. You know why? Because that has texture. It has more mm. texture than the bottom, right? Mmm. Not bad, right? Is that good? I'm eating
1: muffins with Ina. I'm going to cry. More muffins. This is just a dream come true. Thank
0: you. I, you know, I love, your, I love your work because I think we see food the same way. That mm. we like really good, flavorful, satisfying home mm-hmm. cooking. And also, we, neither of us are chefs. Mm-mm. We're just we taught ourselves. Girls who like to cook. <laughs> We're just girls <laughs> who like to cook. I love that. Mm. <laughs> okay wanna take mm-hmm. some coffee? Mm-hmm. We'll go to the table and talk. Perfect. Later we'll have more muffins. <laughs> Great. I can't believe I have you all to myself. <laughs> this is so much fun.
1: The best, I can't believe it either. This is such a treat. I feel like the luckiest girl in the world.
0: So the first time I had heard of you, Lydie, who used to work for me, mm. decided she was gonna leave after about seven years. I was devastated. And um, she moved to Brooklyn. And the next thing I know, she's working for a restaurant in Maine. <laughs> I'm like, there are no restaurants in Brooklyn? <laughs> she goes, no, this is a really special restaurant. And I was like, are there are special restaurants in Brooklyn. <laughs> and she was like, no, this is really special. They're all women. They all work together. They have farms nearby. They cook whatever's fresh. And I was like, okay, whatever. And that's how I, I found out about you. And then the next thing I saw was the Discovery series, which just knocked me out.
1: I'm Erin French. After spending years trying to get away from my small hometown of Freedom, Maine, I not only came back to live, I opened a restaurant. There's a lot of people, they're in. all outside. Are we ready? My kitchen family and I had no formal training and no idea what was going to happen. But we trusted that everything we needed was right here. And soon, people were coming from all over the world to visit us.
0: So let's start with Maine. You grew up in Maine, mm-hmm. and your father owned a diner. Yeah, what was that like? Well, I was about five years old when my parents first bought the diner,
1: so it was like this yeah. kindergarten moment of thinking you could have all the hot, fresh donuts you wanted,
0: or <laughs> you
1: know, pancakes anyway. And there was a dairy bar. And then, how old were you when you went to work at the diner? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I really got in a, a place where if I wanted to be around my dad, I had to be in the kitchen because he of was working you. these sixteen, eighteen-hour days, and so. He pulled me onto the line when I was about 12 years old. Wow. Clean up the eggshells. You're just like, come clean up the line. You've made a giant mess. And I just had to come in and like, clean up the pancake batter and tidy things up. And that's where I found my way. You
0: actually, like me, had a very difficult relationship with your father. And that was your way of getting to be near him.
1: I mean, He was very critical. And I think that I started to find my way into food because I wanted to please him. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if you're creating something, it's like, wow, if I made this, you know, if I'm working beside him on the line as a young girl and I make that lobster roll just right, mm-hmm. he would give me that, you know, that sort of quiet praise. And I found this
0: joy in, in pleasing him. So you're in this town of Freedom, Maine, which is, I don't know what it was at the time, but population 700-something, seven, nineteen 20. Hasn't changed. <laughs> Still it hasn't say. changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you decided that your goal long-term was to get out. Mm-hmm. You wanted to get out. What was your ticket out?
1: I wanted to get out. I wanted to get away from that diner. I wanted to go to the city. I wanted to become a doctor. I was going to get into college. I was going to work hard. Mm -hmm. And I was going to do something to make my parents proud. And I thought that 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 was the way. Mm -hmm. It's not the way things turned out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is quite a ride. It's just extraordinary. And it's it's an amazing success story, but with lots of bounces along the way. Mm -hmm. So you went to Northeastern University. Mm -hmm. You were there for like two years. Mm -hmm. And then what happened?
1: I ended up pregnant unexpectedly, Mm -hmm. and that became this sort of moment of, well, what are you going to do about this? And you've just, you know, girls from the middle of nowhere don't get multiple chances. You're lucky if you get
0: one. And I felt like I had gotten my one good chance. Mm -hmm. I got out. Got into a really good school in Boston. You'd gotten out. You went Mm pre-med. And -hmm. all of a sudden, it's like the rug's pulled out from under you. Things came crashing back, and I went Mm -hmm. crashing home. And here you are back at home where you started. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like all over again. Right. Right. And now now it's even harder because now you have a baby on the way.
1: Right. And everything's changed. And so what do you do? You're living with your parents. Mm-hmm. All your dreams have come crashing. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I felt like I was maybe good at or knew how to do was cooking. Mm-hmm. And so I went back to my dad's diner and mm-hmm. started cooking and expecting this baby to be mm-hmm. on the way at any moment and and sort of resigned myself of this is where you, you mm-hmm. this is where you're stuck and this is where you put yourself in this place mm-hmm. and you're gonna have to just make the best of it.
0: So then at some point you decided to branch out from your father's diner and you went to work at a, was it a, you were a waiter at a, at a French bistro? Yeah. Which was a whole new kind of food. I mean, how is that food different from the diner?
1: Night and day. I mean, I'd never (laughs) seen tart Tatin before in my life. My favorite. (laughs) My absolute favorite. Steak frites. I mean, all of these things. That's my other favorite. (laughs) (laughs) It was eye-opening because... I had only really understood diner food. And then to see that there was this whole new world of delicious flavors in and, and a different way, it was, it was elevated. And I still understood food, and it was still simple, it was still steak, That's the, it was yeah, still French the, fries. See, but it yeah. was in an elevated way, and that's what sort of piqued my excitement.
0: So at this restaurant, you met somebody who was a regular customer,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and who obviously um, took an interest in you. Mm-hmm. So what happened with that relationship?
1: Well, I mean, I got into this relationship. I was a young mom, and I, I didn't think a lot of myself. I was mm-hmm. feeling pretty low and deflated, and I was mm-hmm. waiting tables because I couldn't make money working in a kitchen. There's, there was no, well, that hourly impossible. wage was, it was, there was no way. I mean, I had diapers to purchase and, and yeah. you know, rent and, and all of these things. So um, waiting tables seemed like the way to go. And, and so, you know, I, I meet this man, and I think that this is, this
0: is going to solve all my problems. Yeah. This is going to fix all my wrongs, and I also imagine because that's the way I felt when I was 20, when I first got married. I just wanted to make a home for myself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I can imagine you thinking that you were going to do the same thing. You have this child, and all of a sudden,
1: everything you thought you knew about life changes. I wanted to give him all the things that I felt that maybe I had robbed him from by, you know, being a single mom. All the reasons are there, but he turned out
0: to be. It was a that's... toxic marriage, yeah. But then you thought, okay. Food is going to get me out of here. And there was a bank building in town that had been abandoned. Am I right that you were looking at it for like five years? Five years. Yeah, five years it was on the market, and I would dream about
1: that space and think about how it would create this candlelit, beautiful environment. So I eventually... Decided I was going to make a pitch to the owners because I didn't have any money and, and there was no money to I've purchase done this the building. <laughs> Got to start small. And, yeah. and so I I invited the owners of the building over for lunch. I made them an apple tart and I made this pasta with collard greens and served mm. some beautiful wine and I'm and sure it was unbelievable lunch. <laughs> it, well, I, it worked. It, it must worked. have been a good lunch <laughs> because they said yes and. Yeah. And so that simple
0: lunch, you know, was really... So did you rent the whole building or did you just rent the the second floor? Just
1: the apartment. Just the apartment. So just the apartment. And I said, okay, you're turning 30. You're in a difficult marriage that isn't bringing you joy and is very challenging. And what are you going to do to find your joy? And food was where I kept coming back to. Mm -hmm. And so I opened this... Secret supper club. It was word of mouth, and and yeah. I don't. I was fearful. I was I was still very self conscious about my food, and I, I wondered if I would be any good at it. But I mm-hmm. wanted to give it a go, and yeah, I did this first dinner, and I had to beg twelve friends to come over, even though I had the <laughs> space for 24. You can call me anytime. <laughs> and it was you know people showed up, and then first they were like, why are we paying you to come to your house to have dinner, and then you know at the end of it, it was this glorious evening, and I I felt empowered because I could see the joy, and people like clapped at the end, and I just couldn't wait to do it over and over again. So you actually call this The Lost Kitchen. I call it Lost Kitchen. And why, why The Lost Kitchen? Because you had to find this place that was in a second story apartment that you would only know if it was open if I flicked on the light at the bottom of the stairwell. And it was just like, what's the most simple name? And I remember thinking, I was naming it the moment just before people were about to Mm -hmm. ascend the staircase.
0: And and that was it. So I just scribbled it on a chalkboard. It's like, it's the Lost Kitchen. After a year of running the Secret Supper Club, Erin's grandfather loaned her the money to buy the whole building, and she opened a proper restaurant in the downstairs space, keeping the name The Lost Kitchen. So now you've got a great success, everybody's coming to this restaurant, the place is packed, and you're the only cook. If you you get sick, the restaurant has to close. You're cooking for—how many people were in that restaurant? Oh, gosh. I mean, we'd have nights
1: where we do do 72 covers, which oh, sounds small, but was a oh, lot for a, a very- For one person to cook? Well, I'd have one person helping me and, you know, the, well, with the supper you- club, it was just me. And I was working. I was doing five nights a week. I was working 18-hour days. Oh, I wasn't God. eating. I wasn't sleeping. I was. It was just, you know, constantly trying to fuel this place and keep it going. Because once you started it, yeah, you, you had to, to keep, keep going. going.
0: You have to keep going. And and so you know at some point you just start you know just to relax yourself while you're cooking you have a glass of wine you have another glass of wine yeah. it becomes a bottle of wine the pressure of getting everything ready cooking for seventy two people night after night after night
1: yeah it was a perfect soup I mean it, it was a was perfect soup it was, it was it was brewing for a while yeah. and and it was hard to see the writing on the wall because I was so head down with the business. And I was so trying to also avoid the fact that I was in a toxic marriage. But if there's one thing, and I've said this before, if you want to find any cracks in your relationship, you open your own business, especially (laughs) a restaurant, Mm -hmm. and
0: things will just explode. That's what happened. And then you found out what a really bad guy your husband was, Mm -hmm. because when you decided you would be better off on your own Mm -hmm. and divorced him, it turned out that all of the papers that he had done to buy the building with the money from your grandfather, he put all of the assets in his name, he put and all of the, the debt in your name. Right. He ended up with everything, and you ended up with this huge debt, yeah. which was the loan for the bank for the bank building. Mm-hmm. And so, what happened next?
1: Well, I mean, my mom, my sweet mom, she picked me up and got me home and um, mm-hmm. took me in and um, and supported me through that divorce because it was it was a war zone uh-huh. for a while. But you know, my mom would just wake up with a smile on her face and say, okay, we'll figure out how to pay these bills today. Let's send this person $10 so you're not in Mm -hmm. collections and let's, you know, go
0: figure this out. I don't even imagine. It's just incredible. And I think, you know, we talk about, oh, I'm depressed, I'm whatever. I don't think you realize what real depression is Mm -hmm. until you're in it. So then she decided that you should check yourself into rehab, which is probably a really good, hard thing to do. I could feel my body start to shut down, mm-hmm. and, I, and I knew,
1: I said, if I keep going, I'm not going to be alive next year. Oh. I might not be alive next month. I knew that I had to keep going, and mm-hmm. to keep going, I had to get better.
0: So you're home, and you know there's one thing that brings you joy, which is cooking. Mm-hmm. And taking care of people. So some friends found an airstream, am I right? Yeah. For five thousand dollars. It must have been a really run down airstream. <laughs> there's nothing more cathartic than taking a sledgehammer to the inside <laughs> of an
1: old camper and gutted it and outfitted it and you know, really minimal, but enough. It's like I had yeah. a nineteen thirties gas stove. I think I singed my bangs off in it that summer. It was just <laughs> it was a train wreck of a summer,
0: but I I was like I didn't care, I was gonna keep going. And then there's an old mill in your town. That was really run down. And somebody in the town decided to resurrect that mm-hmm. mill. So we had a, a, couple of, um, a couple who came in and decided they saw the potential of this, of this mm-hmm. space. Maybe remember, it- a mill is like on a river, so it's in yeah. the middle of nowhere. in a, in a town that's nowhere, right. so it's really remote. It was a crazy right? idea. I mean, so <laughs> oh, they were the absolutely. right people to yeah. team up with. <laughs> you know, two people doing crazy things. And, you
1: know, I went and pitched this crazy idea to them.
0: To do a rest, to, to do, do a restaurant. lost kitchen. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and you know, they, uh, the rumor mill was just all over the place about what was going on in my life. It's a small town. It's a small town. That's what town. happens in small towns. <laughs> yeah. And everyone knew that I was going through this crazy time in my life. And, and I was not really probably the girl that you wanted to make an investment in and say, <laughs> yes, please take this space and do what you will with it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, they listened to me. And at the end of the day, They turned to me and said, you know, we believe in second chances. Mm -hmm. And from the mill, I mean, the second chance for that, it was like (laughs) the sun finally started to come out and things started to fall in place when I started to really focus on being my best self.
0: Okay, so now you've got a real restaurant. And the the kitchen... Isn't, I haven't been there yet, but I'll be going <laughs> if I can get a reservation. <laughs> there's, um, there's, the kitchen is open to the dining room, mm-hmm. and it's really big, basically like an old barn room, right? Yeah. And so how did you think about setting it up? I wanted it to be an open kitchen. I
1: wanted it to feel like you came into my home and you were sitting at my counter or you're sitting at my big long communal table Mm -hmm. and you were in my house and you were my guest. I wanted to bring you plates that I had just pulled out of
0: the Mm -hmm. oven and served fresh and warm. And who does that? I mean, it's just fabulous. It's absolutely fabulous.
1: I don't know what happens in this room but there's something that happens. So whatever it is tonight, I hope that you see it and you feel it is so much more than food. And whatever it is, it's all come together. You found your way here, and I just want to toast tonight. This is to the way you felt in freedom. Thanks so much for coming. Cheers!
0: So, I mean, the meal is amazing, but it's there's so much more to it than that. Mm -hmm. So you pull together women from the farms around you Mm -hmm. that had their own produce, and they would bring their own produce and their flowers, and that's what you used, and that's what you cook. This is... An amazing story because it's very easy to cook from a recipe. You just follow the instructions. Yeah. You have no idea when you start the day what those women are going to bring for you to cook. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, you might have ordered some seafood. You right. might have ordered some herbs and things. But you basically cook from what's there. Mm-hmm. And it's, to me, that just sounds like an absolute high wire act. <laughs> I mean, it
1: does make my heart pound every day. Yeah. I'm terrified, <laughs> and I
0: do. I mean, it's, it's very, it makes me very anxious. So now this restaurant opens like the second year people have heard about it you're nominated for James Beard awards mm. for this this restaurant and multiple times and you open the registration line um, to make reservations in april and what happens the phone explodes the
1: yeah. phone explodes yeah. i mean we went from being the girls who had like this little piece of our reservation system was basically pencil and paper and then we would <laughs> people would call and we were booked out for a couple weeks and then before you know we're booked out a couple months and then the third year is
0: when it really exploded. And you were booked in the first 24 hours mm-hmm. for the, the entire, entire season. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. The entire season. And then you did something which I think is so karmic. So, Aaron lives in a small town, Freedom, Maine. There are basically two places in this town to go the general store and the post office. And you had heard a rumor that the post office might close. Mm-hmm. And so, instead of having the reservations, having people call, what did you decide to do? to save the post office, which is so amazing. (laughs) There were a couple of reasons here. I
1: mean, yes, we had heard that the post office was reducing its hours, and Mm -hmm. it's a rural town, and okay, so the next post office is going to be quite a distance. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we had really crashed our phone system. We couldn't do this anymore. (laughs) And for me, I was so... It it was so exciting because I had built it and people were coming and it was this dream come true. It was like a total Field of Dreams moment, but at the same time, you know, that comes with its own burdens. There was parts of it that I knew were magic and that I knew that made it special Mm -hmm. and I wanted to retain that. So I really got into like this protection mode and I wanted to slow everything down because we live in this world, you know, that wants everything to be fast and everything online and instant and, and everything is supposed to be quick. And for me, all of a sudden, it was like, I need to slow everything down right now. Like, it has mm. to. And for, to think about that as a reservation process, I thought, well, what's slower than the internet? The phone. What's slower than the phone? Send a oh, postcard. So, so. <laughs> this girl can hardly wait to find out if she will be celebrating her 50th birthday at the Lost Kitchen this year. And she is.
0: <laughs> Yay. Oh, these are all scratch really and sniffs.
1: Are the, they <laughs>
0: really? So people send their postcards in by April 1st, it's mm-hmm. a lottery system. Yeah. And you literally pick a postcard for every single seat for the entire season, and somebody calls them on the phone. Is it your mother? It? me. It's you? You call them on the <laughs> yeah, phone? Yeah, it's me With and Lauren. It's like, oh, it's hi, a I'm Erin French. here a reservation. When, when would you like it? In July. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> They're like, real. really? No <laughs> one ever answers on the first call. <laughs>
1: How are you? It's Aaron from The Lost Kitchen. I'm so glad you answered. You're, you are the very first card that we just pulled.
0: Wow, that is amazing. Yeah.
1: Hi, this is Ellen. Hi, Ellen. It's Aaron calling from The Lost Kitchen.
0: Oh, my God, you're kidding me. I'm not kidding you. Did is I this an... I'm o- getting my dream phone call. Let me find a pen. Okay. <laughs> And also the level of expectation is, they've come from all over the country mm. and they've waited for years for this reservation. I think the pressure must be just extraordinary. It's huge.
1: Dale and Kat, yeah. uh, here from Denver, Colorado.
0: We've been waiting a really long time for this. I think we applied two years in a row. Yeah. You feel like you won before you get here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Oh. Here we
1: come.
0: <gasps> <gasps> One knee. This is the best date I'd ever already, I can
1: tell. And I remember the feeling of realizing when people started saying things like, oh, the best meal of my life, and the pressure to produce that over and over again and to create that. And you know they're coming in there with expectations that are up to here. Mm -hmm. But then I realized that what that was actually doing, again, it was adrenaline, and it was pushing us as a group of women to become stronger. Mm -hmm. We were becoming
0: our better selves. Incredible. And then something happened that changed your life. Is you found a wonderful husband?
1: <laughs> There's chance for a second chance for love too. Um, yeah. So I, I met my now husband Michael. We met on Match.com. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that great? <laughs> yeah, we became pen pals at first because we were living 400 miles apart, and really got to know each other through writing emails every day. And I was in love with him before I met him. Um, oh. and, um, and yeah, he lived and in New York. You lived in
0: Maine. <laughs> I know, <in> Freedom, Maine.
1: <laughs> he was like, "Where are you taking me to? What is this?" And um, and we've We've really built a life together, and, and now to be in this this warm and nurturing and loving and supportive relationship that I know you know about yeah. too, and to have that it's the person. the only thing worth living
0: for. And then somebody decides they want to make a major feature film out of your out of oh, your life. Oh yeah. my, yeah, <laughs> that's just that's incredible. Mm. Is that scary? Yeah. So you had 13 people <laughs> bidding for the movie. Yeah, that wow. must have been like the moment you're like, whoa. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we were having some wacky Zooms. I mean, I couldn't believe I'm sitting in like Little Freedom and then a Zoom comes on and there's Blake Lively talking to you, like wanting to play you and wanting to. I was like, oh, how is this happening oh, she'd right be now? Great. You know, and then it's like, yeah. okay, Ron Howard's company is calling you and they want they want to, you know, do your... Can I'm like, you what? even imagine? <laughs> It's wild, it was a really wild time.
0: (laughs) I can't wait to see the movie. It certainly doesn't lack in drama. (laughs) They don't have to make that up. That's baked in the cake. (laughs) So are you gonna teach me how to make your father's meatloaf? I would love to teach you this That would be so much fun, because of course we all love meatloaf. (laughs) There are certain foods that everybody really loves, and one of them is meatloaf, classic comfort food. Erin learned how to make meatloaf next to her father at the diner, right? Mm, Yeah, sure did. She's going to teach me how to make it next to you.
1: (laughs) I have the best uh, sous chef help ever. Uh, (laughs) So happy to
0: be your sous chef. How am I doing slicing bread? (laughs) You're doing great. It's beautiful. So what are you doing? You're doing time? Yeah, I'm just picking a little bit of time. I've never seen carrots in meatloaf, so I assume they're going in, right?
1: They are. And I know that sounds strange, but I feel like this was the signature part of my dad's meatloaf. I've never seen anyone else put carrots in their meatloaf. So yeah. yeah, This This is is very cool. Yeah, I know we're using fancy bread because this is the (laughs) father and daughter version of this meatloaf. My dad would often at the diner, he would use the heels of the soft white bread at the end of service from the breakfast shift, and that's what he would make the lunch meatloaf into. How smart is that? So, would he just cube it up or he'd just tear it? He'd cube it up or tear it, whatever mood he was in that day, so if he was... I'm in a cubing (laughs) mood. Do you ever make this at home? I make this at home quite frequently in the winter months, yeah. This is kind of a (laughs) go-to. Is this about the right size? Yeah, that looks good. That's I must, perfect. I'm like, I don't know, am I doing it right? That's <laughs> <laughs> the way I feel when, you know, I'm on the job too.
0: So this should be about two, two cups. That's that about good. right, right?
1: Um, okay. Yeah, the next job we have are we have the carrots. So we'll just take okay. the box grater, and then um, I just like to take and use, I like to use the biggest yeah. one because you want to actually, I like seeing the carrot in there. So it's really just getting the grate on there. Grating the carrots getting them ready to go in. It's
0: so interesting because carrots actually have sugar in them. There's a sweetness about Mm. it that's going to be great with a meatloaf. Yeah. So how do you develop recipes? When I'm I'm figuring out a recipe I want to do, it's usually like a remembered flavor, Mm. but I get something really exact in my head. I know exactly what I'm shooting for, and then I kind of read everything there is to read about whatever it is I'm making, meatloaf. And then I put everything away and just start cooking Mm. over and over until I get there. What's your process?
1: Oh, gosh. You know, I'm I'm probably one of the worst as far as putting recipes together because I have this stack of just scrap paper that I keep in my kitchen. And when I'm coming up with recipes, I'm thinking about how I want it to taste, and I start just writing it down. And so now what I have is a stack of pieces of paper with... (laughs) No titles at the top, it's just ingredients, and only I know the secret to them, and I know what to do with them. I keep stacking them, and they're covered with egg yolks, and they're covered with butter stains, (laughs) and they're covered with salt, and then if it makes it to my computer and I actually put it in ink... Then you know it's a good recipe. That's (laughs) exactly
0: right. Isn't that interesting? My test is whether after we've actually made it, and my assistant has helped me prep things, is if she goes home and makes it for her family, I know it makes it into a book. (laughs)
1: Maybe I'll have you finish up with these, I'll grab the bowl, because we're getting very close, and we'll start to um, put everything together.
0: the pressure is on.
1: (laughs) While you're doing that I'm just gonna, you know what I kind of like to do? I kind of like to get um, everything soaking a little bit. These bread, Uh, uh, the bread just likes to get so it gets nice and soft.
0: Isn't that smart? That's great.
1: So throw in the bread and then I'm just gonna put the milk right over the top to let it sort of soak in. I'm gonna give the eggs a little whisk. Now this is kind of soaking. I'm adding in the shallots and I'm sprinkling in that little bit of thyme. So all the flavors are going to start to come together, and um, this bread is going to get nice and moist to bind everything together. You want a moist meatloaf. No one likes Definitely. a dry meatloaf. And dry so, meatloaf. Never. exactly. <laughs> so should I put yeah, the carrots in? Yeah, we can in? sprinkle the carrots in now. All of it? Go for it. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, okay. I love it's the really carrots. It's really interesting. Well, you know, it doesn't yeah. feel it feels healthy in this way. Yeah. You add a few carrots to it. <laughs> And then um, we've got some other interesting ingredients. What kind of cheese was that? So I put pecorino in here because that's my favorite cheese. I love it because it's a sheep's milk cheese. It's a little salty. Salty. When my dad would make it a lot at the diner, he would frequently use like pizza mozzarella because we had a pizza oven too. So he would just grab a big handful of like shredded mozzarella. So it can really be whatever cheese you have on
0: hand. But pecorino really has more
1: flavor. I think so. We have two different kinds of meat. So I like mixing the pork and the beef because I just think it brings out more flavor than just plain beef. So I'll go ahead and add in... Pork.
0: So is that like about a pound and a half? Yeah,
1: it's about a pound and a half of each. So it's like a 50-50 mix. And you know, that's the fun thing about meatloaf is it can be whatever, whatever you, you want, want it to be. be.
0: I actually sometimes do it with sausage. Yeah, why not? Which brings a lot of flavor. That's a lot of flavor. Yeah.
1: And then the most important ingredient, you know, salt, salt pepper, love pepper. And then we're pretty much just ready to start mixing it with our hands. Yeah. It's the only way to really get in there.
0: And to see and feel whether it's like really
1: mixed. Well, part of being a self-taught cook is like you have to have that intuition and how can you have the intuition if you're okay. not touching it. working right. with it exactly. and touching it and feeling it. Yeah. and just like to feel it all together.
0: How about if I clean up my mess? Yeah, clean up I'm your station. <laughs> geez.
1: Don't feel bad. The ladies at The Lost Kitchen give me a hard time all the time. They actually have wow. Well, I'm a
0: messmaker. Oh, oh, I think <laughs> you know they'd the,
1: say they're always cleaning up after
0: me. Do you know what they used to call me at the store? What? Hurricane. <laughs> Need I say more? Makes sense. <laughs> because well, what would happen is I'd start something, and then I'd get distracted to something else, and then a customer was on the phone for, you know, a catering order, and the next thing I knew, I just walked away from it. You've taken over every, <laughs> everywhere, every surface. <laughs> exactly. Um. Okay. All right, we're ready. pants.
1: So go ahead and just oh yeah go ahead okay and if I didn't break that that up evenly we can steal a little bit that's perfect okay all right so what's next now I'm just gonna get washed up because now comes one of the best parts we're going to make the glaze glaze is the magic part so the glaze is so simple and they should be all things that you probably just have in your pantry anyway so we've got a little bowl over here here. okay and then um, how easy it's just ketchup
0: wait a minute how easy is that is what I say oh (laughs) whoops.
1: Just kidding. (laughs) Ketchup? Yeah. Ketchup goes right in. And then we've got a little half cup of uh, brown sugar. Brown sugar.
0: secret. Sweet right? meatloaf. That sounds good. And, and then just like mustard, a, yeah, like just a, a little spoonful of mustard. Yeah, you can throw like a little. Uh,
1: well, yeah, it's good. That's good. Too Go much? for it. Go for it. That's good. That won't hurt anyone. <laughs> okay. Um, this is Dijon, but, you know, back in the day when all we had was like a French's yellow mustard in yeah. the fridge, there's that's nothing fine. wrong with that. It's kind of delicious as exactly. well.
0: Exactly.
1: And that's it. This is just this super, super simple glaze.
0: I love recipes where you probably have everything in your pantry or mm-hmm. the door of your refrigerator, right? Right. And that's it. Yeah, it's
1: ready that's to just. That's um, Wow. What we can do okay. is, I'm just yeah, going just to it. just pour right on half and half, and
0: then and do, I'll spread it out. Yeah, so gonna spread and brush Down it with my a little spatula. This is going to be so good. Yeah. So are these done? They're ready for the oven. Yeah, this is ready. Okay. Um, into the oven for
1: about 45 minutes at 375 degrees, and then let it rest for about 10 minutes.
0: Can't great. Taste it. Okay. I got, I got the, the door. Way. You got the meatloaf. Yeah. This is girls working together. <laughs> this is so oh, great. I oh hope my you love it. Of course, I'm gonna love it. <laughs> Can we talk about your mess here? <laughs> this is my station. That's yours. I messy cooks my good food, right? Oh, that's great. <laughs> so the meatloaf's done. I can't wait mm. to taste this. Yeah, it smells great. Oh. So it rested for ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's how you
1: keep it nice and juicy. Mm. And I'll just unmold it, and we'll slice into it and see if it tastes like my childhood.
0: <laughs> Why do I think it will? All right. Oh, so look, look how gorgeous nice that is. Nice piece here. What is it about meatloaf? It's just so appealing, isn't it? Mm. Especially if it's your childhood memory. It's comforting. Can't it's wait really to comforting. taste this. All
1: right, I'm going to use my, okay. my best tools right your here. Your best tools are your hands.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at this. Yeah, it's so it interesting inside. It's, you can really see the ingredients. Mm, mm, look at that. All Yum, right. Wow. Do I get to taste this? Yes. So one for you. Thanks, Mom. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Thanks, <laughs> Dad. All right. Let's see what we think. Okay. Dad's best meatloaf. Mmm. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's so interesting. You can actually taste the sweetness, but not the carrots. hmm mm-hmm. Right? Mm. And the glaze is fabulous. Mm, my God. Yeah.
1: It's mm. childhood I'm still so right making this.
0: It's really good. Okay, so you've never been to East Hampton before, no. right? Can we give you a little tour?
1: Please, that would I be think great. we need
0: to stop and get a little something sweet at the end. What even do you even think? Better. Okay, even better. great. Let's do it. <laughs> That'll be really fun. East Hampton is pretty small. It's like. It's bigger than Freedom. <laughs> it's
1: gotta
0: be bigger <laughs> than Freedom. Anything bigger, bigger than Freedom. But this is Main Street and then there's a shopping street which is Newtown Lane. So East Hampton dates back to 1640 and it's what I love about East Hampton. I think people think it's this really fancy place. Mm-hmm. But in fact it's, you know, it's it's from farmland and fishing and there's a lot of historic buildings. Like this windmill, is Mulford wow. Farm. That was an original windmill that's been restored. And these are all buildings that date back to 16, 1700. And they've all been restored. It's gorgeous. And, you know, the village green. And I just think it gives the village a real grounding yeah. that it's a real place. And the library is very old. And this is Guildhall, where there's a theater.
1: You see a stoplight. <laughs> we don't have one of those. I'm not in Kansas anymore. You know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this is kind of the shopping street. The pizzeria. Yeah. <laughs> really good pizza. Right. Sam's Pizza. And this is the building, this is an old post office building, and that's the building my store used to be in. Right here? And that, yeah, That's it? it? Was that, that's it, yeah. Yeah, that's it, that's the building.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: I love that building. That's
1: where it all started. And
0: that's before cool. me, it was Dina DeLuca, and before that, it was a movie theater. Wow. I ran my store at Barefoot Contessa for about 20 years. It was kind of the heartbeat of East Hampton. We made everything you needed for breakfast, lunch, for dinner, and any time in between. So that's the the main shopping street, and now we're going to my favorite little cafe, restaurant, um, bakery that I think you'd really like. Perfect.
1: There's another windmill.
0: Yeah, that's another. That's three windmills I've seen
1: in like a half a mile. (laughs) Who would have thought? In East Hampton.
0: Yeah. And this is Carissa's.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's so sweet. So (laughs) lovely. I love it.
0: I love it all right. I hope you love it. I thought you might. It's just fabulous. I can't wait. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> a little Russian sage. I love the kind of wildness of yeah, it, don't you? It's got a nice feel. <laughs> so this is Carissa's. Oh, hi, hi. Reading. <laughs> How are you? This is Erin. Hi. Hi. How are you? It's so nice to meet <laughs> you. Yeah, thank you. Cool. pretty fabulous, right? <laughs> yeah, we have a full oh my case God. today. These look amazing, these don't, they? don't they? Little Beautiful.
1: Oh, I love pavlovas. the edible flower. I oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. And the gold leaf. Yeah, gorgeous.
0: So these are, Lori brought us some of these. They're a little cheesecake tarts with a little sour cherry underneath, yes. right? Yes. Does that sound good? Yeah. Okay. I think we need two of completely. I'll take <laughs> the cherry, cherry one. one. Okay. Are you you put it on it? my. Oh, tabs? Okay, yes, good. Fabulous. I want everything. <laughs> Thank Enjoy. you nice so much. To meet you. Come with me. <laughs> Doesn't this feel like France? It sure does <laughs> because <laughs> of the trees and the umbrellas. and Okay. I have a pop quiz. <laughs> what movies have you seen the
1: most? The one I used to watch over and over and over again was You've Got Mail.
0: Isn't that great? Mm -hmm. I love that, Nora Ephron. What food makes you happy?
1: Tapioca pudding.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: My mom would always make dessert after dinner, and it maybe was a pudding, and she'd always have minute tapioca. And I've tried so hard to make a delicious
0: homemade tapioca, (laughs) and there's nothing like minute tapioca. (laughs) Isn't that great? (laughs) What was the best job you've ever had?
1: Best job I ever had was probably working for a catering company that I worked. Really? At. Yeah. It really—it was the first time I saw food is beautiful.
0: So it was really inspiring. Inspired me. So that was probably one of my favorite jobs. What was the worst job you've ever had? Worst We've job? We've all had a few
1: I of those. Um, <laughs> sometimes it would have been working at my dad's diner, but those were also really beautiful moments. So that was hard. Yeah,
0: sometimes the, the worst job you ever had could be the best one too.
1: Yeah, doesn't depends on the day. It's a mix of that. Maybe it was the fry station. It I wasn't was just, just the say. job; it was the
0: fry station. <laughs> What's the best present you ever
1: got? Uh, a set of earrings that my husband had made for me. That he had shavings taken from our wedding bands. That oh, was probably no. the best. How
0: lovely! It was, it was very was thoughtful. Really, just really good, thoughtful. Good That's thing. great. And the last question is from James Lipton, the famous interviewer. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive?
1: I guess it would be. You did okay.
0: Like, oh, you, you did I'd say okay. you did more than okay. <laughs> I guess I'd so. say you did brilliantly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Aaron. I just oh, so love today. Love getting to know you. This is Promise a to treat. come back. One
1: hundred percent. Thank good. you. Deal. <laughs> How fun. That was an absolute dream come true. What a day. I can't believe that just happened. And I'm just beside myself. I'm I'm absolutely beside myself, still pinching myself. I'm gonna be pinching myself for a year now.
0: Wow, that was amazing, getting to know Erin. And I love that she made her dad's meatloaf. Wasn't that fantastic? And happily, there was one left over. I think I might know somebody who would like this. Oh, Jeffrey. Thank you for listening to Be My Guest. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have a moment, I'd love to hear your comments on Apple Podcasts. I'll be back next week with new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Hope you'll join us.